Puzzlers. <laughs> hey everybody! What's this up? is Slasher Tracks! Coming back. No soundboard yet. For episode two. Um We're your hosts. I'm Aaron. I'm Sloan. I'm your stepmom. Hey! And Julia! We're back with Slasher <laughs> Tracks. Um going through the Hellraiser series. Um, getting episode the, two. Episode two. Hellraiser two. Hellbound today. Actually, I think it's called Hellbound colon Hellraiser two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it actually is. That's before, true. <laughs> before we get to Penny, uh, guys, have you? Uh, I don't know. Have you done anything horror related recently well, that wasn't say, about Pinhead? While this is being recorded, it is October twenty fourth. Yeah, it's prime spooky. It time. is almost There's... time, boys, for for it, we're in the the. the Midst of the spooky season, mm-hmm. we're in the thick of it. I, uh, you know, I'm fe- I'm feeling spooky. Sloan and I watched the Stephen King Netflix one, Into the Tall Grass. We watched two of them. We it also watched Gerald's sick. Game. Gerald's Game was really disturbing. They were both very upsetting. I movies. recommend both of those for different reasons. Uh, yes, Gerald's Game maybe made me more uncomfortable than most horror movies. It really. So if you're a woman, don't watch it. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, it's gross. Um, really hits home on all fears I think a lot of women have. Yeah. Uh, check them out. Uh, maybe we'll check them out too down the road, but we're going to focus on Hellraiser for now. Stepmom, do you do any... Uh, Anything any? spooky? Um, I have a black cat. Very okay. nice. All right. uh, he's, he's fighting with the other cats. That's pretty spooky. I'll, that I'll, tell, is. You, I'll tell you what. I did find out today, speaking of black cats, that I was talking to my mom about how I've accidentally cursed people because I'm a witch and mm-hmm. I was joking around. She's like, actually, that's called a natural witch. And I am uh, huh. guided by, I think, the spirit Inani or something like Jesus that. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, I'm a Your natural I'm a natural witch, turns out. Okay, imami. <laughs> that's, that's strange. Um, I think it's edamami, those little beans. Oh yeah, little uh, pea uh, pods. Edamame witch. Yes, I'm a yeah. bean witch. Ooh, they're bean. <laughs> Bring me your beans. All right, bean witch. And I'll curse your houses. Well, do you want to introduce this uh, this new one? Uh, if I may. Yes, yeah, so, go for it. First things first. This was released, I think, less than a or just about a year after Hellraiser one. It was a Christmas release. Christmas. Came out December 23rd, so I drew a little Christmas tree. Who takes their family to go see this on Christmas? Um, Good parents. Good parents. I was going to say parents. Jewish people that really hate Christians. It does play off of, you know, know, Christian ideas of, like, hating sex and stuff. So maybe it's fun, the Puritan ideals. Um, so, a good so Puritan household goes yes. to see Hellraiser 2 on Christmas. So some, do you want to get me to get into some of my background of the film research or sure. just a yeah, quick yeah. introduction? Set, set us up. Uh, first in. thing I think is worth mentioning after we finished the film I have a quote from Aaron. Aaron's review was it was a sequel which I think summed it up pretty well. <laughs> yeah. um, I also have some. And I mean that in a good and bad way. Yeah. It was a successful sequel. I, I, I agree. I think very much so. It is 
It's it is a sequel. <laughs> it does. I, I it gives you more. It sounds stupid, but and I it mean does it. different things. Like I wouldn't slightly. call any of the ones past two a, a sequel. I mean, it also has um, a ton of we'll shots from we'll, the first movie. We'll get there. Yeah. There is God. We'll I think there. a quarter we'll of this there. movie was just flashbacks to the first movie. In my notes, I wrote Jesus down. Jesus Christ. Cheese I don't, and rice. I, that, that, that is literally the first thing that I wrote down is like recap, question mark, everything cuts off and it's weird and not necessary. It does it oh. throughout the movie. You know what? Maybe I'm an idiot because I liked it. I like yeah, yeah. I like the really? story being pushed at me. Like I want to really know what's going on. You just watched the first one. I know. It's not like you had yeah, seen like, it a year before and now it's Christmas time and you're seeing the second it, one. It helped reinforce that in my Okay. Head. Well, yeah, okay, but imagine other movies doing that, and you'd be like, "Why? Why? I'm not paying money to see the same movie again. Just yeah, recut. It's a Remix. little weird. Uh, I like it though. Some other things. So I guess we'll just say, like, yes, the second one. It's a continuation of the first story. I think it takes place maybe an hour mm-hmm. after the first film ends, and uh, I guess we can get into the plot a little bit more. But some more let's, background. Let's talk about what kind of what are the cast. So yeah, the cast situation. So as you guys probably remember, Clive the Hellraiser one was Clive Barker's baby. He wrote, directed, wrote and directed the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one, uh, he was on set and he was he did write it and he was the executive producer. However, he did not direct this film. Okay. Uh, He's the director standing back a little on this one. Yeah, but he was definitely there was like you can see like behind the scenes shots of him like talking to the director on set director of this one is Tony Randall. Some other films that he directed that you might be familiar with are Power Rangers in Space, Fist of the North Star, <laughs> hey. Ticks. Ticks? Um, a Dog on with Adventure. With an exclamation point? Yeah, was it Ticks with the exclamation point? No, but this one had an exclamation Damn. point. Grunt! The wrestling movie. Whoa. Um, Ooh. And, yeah. Spicy. Godzilla 1985, I assume okay. the worst one. Mm. Like a, an unwanted American version I think in the middle so. of everything like I that? I think so. And yes, he is Almost American. Almost assuredly. Mm. Um, uh, but a little quote from... So yeah, the film was obviously in good hands. Uh, yeah. Clive had nice things to say. Uh, he said that um, he was hoping that Tony's uh, familiarity with sci-fi techniques would be good for the film. Huh. Uh, bring, he said, bring a new flavor on the lament configuration. Um, but then Tony said about Clive... AKA puzzle box. Tony said about Clive, he's a tough act to follow. He's a brilliant man. I can't make the same kind of film that Clive would. I'm hoping that what I'll bring to it will show through and will be as entertaining and interesting for an audience. But I have an issue with that because he says he can't make the same kind of film, but they used about 30 minutes <laughs> of shots from the first movie. But anyway... <laughs> Um, I, know. I, love, uh, I don't know, Claire, she, she was excited to be the queen of hell. Uh, Julia. Um, another, th- there, so there was, there is one very, I guess one of the most successful actors that was in this film was actually the guy that played the evil doctor. Oh. Uh, so it turns out he was in uh, Maleficent with Big Lips. What's her name? T- Tomb Raider, Laura Croft. Okay. Angelina Jolie. He was in that movie. He was in Hot Fuzz. A little weird where you were going with that one. Uh, oh, oh my god, Aaron. Uh, Valkyrie, and then a bunch of British movies. Okay. Um, he, he said about the nice. movie that uh, he said his nephew, Ben Cranham, who's 12, thinks this is the best queer move I've ever made. 
That is a quote. That's His twelve-year-old nephew is really him excited up. about yeah. it. <laughs> so. Wow. Well, if, I thought if, that was sweet. If, uh, if the nephew likes it, he must be good. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know, it's got to be. Also, though, well, and so another some more background information. It was initially rated X for all the gore. Okay. Same uh, with they the said, first one, then. Clive mm -hmm. had said about this that he thinks it's because yeah. he, well, it was interesting because Clive said something along the lines of, you know, in the first one, we more hinted at the gore. This one we show. I'm like, what are you talking mm. about? It was full frontal no. gore in the first movie. <laughs> mm -mm. I think this one's gorier. There's yeah. more of it. Yeah. Okay. The, the, I would, I there would is, agree there. I, Oh, I think by far this one is like okay. when you ooh ooh we'll get there. We'll okay. get oh, yeah. there. It's gonna be my theme. It's my theme song. It's just we'll get there. Chanting we'll get in the there. background. And then just a Softly. couple more things. I think I'm gonna get to Roger Ebert's review after we do the recap. Okay. Because it's savage. Uh, but just a couple other uh, background things. Uh, it was supposed to have Larry actually. Yeah, the alternate oh, script. Yeah. No way. But I, Larry I said it wasn't enough like money it. and the script was bad. <laughs> yeah, he was like, nah, this is, I don't like it. It's but bad I, and I don't want to. Probably right on both accounts. I think he would have done it if they offered him more cash. Hmm. I don't want to pay honestly, Larry that much more because Larry is not a good actor. Oh, no. Bullshit. Bullshit. I talked about this. He did have a redemption. You're right. You're right. He. He his his role as the dad was supposed to be that way because when he mm -hmm. turned in when uh, he I mean obviously it's the same Became actor Frank. but he's playing Frank with dad skin gross um, <laughs> he he did so good like he did such a good like creepy job of being like like the dad but like not really uh -huh. and honestly if you think about him oh he was playing both those people it's kind of like oh shit he did a good job okay so i feel yeah. like he did do a good job and if that was continued in this sequel i feel like it could have been interesting but at the same time if he said the script was bad then it probably was especially because um i read that Clive even said, hey, I'm really glad you turned this down because, like, it was not a good direction. Oh. Yeah, so like, everyone was on the same page. So this like, thing could have been good. worse. Yes. Maybe. I, mm. Yeah, yeah, it could have been worse Maybe. than what it is. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, who's to judge? Yeah. Just. Mm. It's like we'll never know what Hellraiser 1 would have been like with Coil. Yeah. We'll, we'll <laughs> no, it been another know. mystery. It would have been better. So good. it would have been better. I wish Coyle did the music for this one. Yeah, why didn't they come on for the second one? Oh, of course they didn't. Now they were snubbed. Yeah, that's they true. worked so so hard that's on the music true. and then that's got true. told to fuck off. That's true. Uh, just one last thing in my background before we move on to the plot of the film. I just have to recommend uh, watching. So if you search on YouTube, Hellbound Hellraiser Two Makeup Room. There's a part one and a part two. Just watch it. It's a delight. You mm. see the background of like the Cenobites getting in the makeup. Oh, that's And the makeup like, artist. Oh, I, I it's really see fun. Doug Bradley get his makeup on. Yeah, so just watch it. It made me giggle. I wonder uh, if the if the pins are done individually or it's one sheet of pins. Like, uh, well, I didn't watch part I didn't watch both parts. I was just like skipping through to see if there's any vital info, but I was it was just delightful seeing them in process of becoming yeah. Cenobites. It's all vital. Um, Every bit is vital. Oh, I'm sorry. Every pin is vital. Every yes. pin is Every placed pin. on purpose and represents sure. a different sin. Uh, so yeah, I just recommend that video, but now we can get into it. Yeah. So 
Yeah, let's uh, do a... I know last time we said that we'd do a 15-minute recap, and it ended up being a little longer. The entirety uh, of... So we'll see, we'll see where it goes this time. I noticed, uh, since we're going into this specifically thinking about the audio or the, the music, mm-hmm. it started off the black screen and music. Like... The the music started the movie here, and it was it was good orchestra creepiness, black screen, and then blah like Hellraiser on the screen. And what's your pleasure, sir? Yeah, I definitely thought the intro music was more grand than mm-hmm. previously. Oh, I was stoked. Um, I, the beginning that yeah, little no, bit made me feel good. like this was gonna be good. And just generally, just starting a film with a black screen and music is kind of always just. It, it's it gets you in the mood and it that's feels classic. nice. I that's feel like it was a movie. solid solid way to start, mm-hmm. but also you're forgetting that it started with the recap. Oh yeah, I, was gonna yeah. Say, it I almost have immediately starts openings. with that. Uh, I got garbage. Fun recap romp, and I think I Fun. I <laughs> misjudged my ability to read tabs or Morse code. I, I, I attempted to write down the melody of the fun oh. recap romp, <laughs> so it went like this. Okay. You remember that part? Yeah, Because totally. I fucking don't. Um, <laughs> and you, I was going to say, you wrote that in tab? I just wrote, like, lines and dots at different places. And I was like, yeah, I'll, it'll, it'll jog my memory. <laughs> and it didn't. But I just remember distinctly, it was a goofy Yikes. romp. Like, it was... All the grandness that we just talked about was not there. And it was, it was no, like, yeah, they could, friends hanging out, kind of. Yeah, see, that's why I think you saying that is completely off base. And, like, it should have just started with that intro music and went right into Indiana Jones-ass Explorer, which is the next thing that I have written. Indiana Jones-ass mm. Explorer. Oh, and he's sweaty as hell. Oh, I thought, he was in the wor- I thought he was a World War II soldier. Um, you know, he was, definitely a, he was definitely, like, a soldier, but... At the time, uh, I thought he looked like Indiana Jones. Gotcha, gotcha. It looked like he was in like some kind of like pyramid type thing. Um, but it's, does somebody else want to take the reign on uh, this uh, sweaty ass human puzzle box and by himself? Yeah, it's it's a parallel to the beginning of the first one with the "What's Your Pleasure" mm-hmm. and with a man sitting Indian style in the in a weird little room. Uh, with the box, the puzzle box um, that I guess the puzzle you solve is you just kind of stroke it with your thumb. It obviously must be the person that picked up the puzzle box from the merchant at the end of the first film, you right? Would think, you, would, you would think that. And then we get a bit of a twist here. So the first one, it was Frank. We, yes. we all know and love Frank. Uh, come to, come daddy. to daddy. But on this one, we find out that the guy opening the, the lament configuration is yes. none other uh? than Brad Pinley. <laughs> Brad it's Pin- our boy. Pin boy. We Pin boy see, Douglas. Uh, you Pin see the transformation. Introduction. We, um, I, and I that's thought, it, though. What's that? But that's it. But that's it. That's, like, I thought it was very cool, but, like, that's... Yeah, you don't get any backstory on why he's there, what he's doing. You just see him like go. Uh, it's just like he's there, and he's like, uh, 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 oh, 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 ah, ah. <laughs> and then like your pinhead cue now. The chains, movie cue starts. The pins, cue the blood. 
But no, like seriously, like I don't know exactly why people open the puzzle box. Like it's not really explained. So, it's I, just kind of like morbid curiosity. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I don't, maybe it's I a don't sex know. thing. I guess I will say. So I've been reading. Yeah, sorta. Um, what is it called? Uh, crap. Scarlet Gospels. Is that what I'm reading? Uh. I think it's called the. Let me go. I can go grab my book. But anyway, it's a book that was written by Clive Barker. I think in 2015. And I. I wonder oh, if. So recent. I haven't read his other books, but I feel like this book was a response to some of these questions. It kind of ties up some holes. I haven't finished it yet, so I wasn't sure if I should start talking about it yet. Huh. But it does get into like some of these questions. Of, like, the motivation of Pinhead. Actually, and then they reference in the book that he fucking hates being called Pinhead. He's like, I am Hell Priest. You will call me Hell Priest. And then there's oh, this, I'm about that. There's this uh, grizzled ex-detective PI that's like, what are you going to do about it, Pinhead? And he's like, that's it! And, <laughs> like, it's so funny. And so there's a little bit of that. And in the, in the book as well, though, it doesn't, at least not yet, it hasn't gotten... It doesn't really talk about Pinhead's background, but because it's like he's been a hell priest for so long that he just is that. And he, at this point, too, he's like bored of being a hell priest. He's just like over all of it. He's like, I've been doing this too long. He needs to be pushed even further. Yeah. He needs to go even further. It's something about. You will take me higher. Sorry, what? I was. I just said you will take me higher. It was really Uh, stupid. Didn't didn't warrant any of that. But yeah, and so, yeah, and at this point, and it's like he's bored of being the hell priest and he's like bringing the apocalypse or something down. Hmm. Um, but with the box, if it's so, I guess this is a question that should be answered by the films, but I guess, um, yeah, like they don't answer it. So he put it in the book. It's actually because, like, it also answers a question like when you're watching the movies, it doesn't look like anybody's actually solving a puzzle, right? Everybody just like puts their thumb in a circle. And so, and then also it's like, Mm. there's, as we'll see also in this movie, people without the desire for it can still open the box. And that like, doesn't make sense. Right. Uh Cause it's supposed to be about like carnal desire for like sexual Mm -hmm. torture. So in the book though, Clive's like, I got it. I'm finally going to fix this in the book. It's a 2015. It's 2015. So according to the book, the puzzle box like once it gets a little tickled so part of it is that it has an attraction to the like holder of the box and like you get all warm and fuzzy and excited and you like get a boner and you get like tingles all over your body and sure, it, like sure. so it draws you in I it mean, like it draws sense. you to it and then it also says like so then the main character he picks up the box and he's like oh wait no i shouldn't i should not open this box and he puts it down but then it just starts opening itself. So then the thing is, like, once the box is even slightly triggered by, like, your boner, maybe, it's going to open maybe itself. Maybe some, like, metaphorical stuff in there, too. It makes mm. more sense in the book. And then, like, the detective guy that accidentally starts opening, he's like, fucking shit. Oh, uh, oh dang it. Uh, dang it, Bruce, or whatever his name Got this weird boner, Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Don't look at me. <laughs> so it is, like, so he says that, like, the box actually kind of just, like, starts opening itself. It just, like, hmm. it's just always, like, tingling to get the hell priest out. Perhaps the ambiguity of the box is the real puzzle. Maybe the box is all the okay. friends we had all along. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. All right, let's, so anyways, let's move on I, past the first ten minutes. Yeah, sorry, sorry, we're sorry. Hopping, we're hopping into this psych ward. Yeah. Immediately dropped off into the psych ward. Yeah, Kirsty's there. Remember her from the first film? She was fine. Uh, (laughs) She's back. 
She's, sort of. She's I mean, being questioned she's in a by a homicide detective. Because, uh, yeah, she's like the only survivor of a pretty sketchy fucking yeah, thing that happened. Yeah, a gory scene left I in guess, her home. So the cops found this mattress. And um, I believe that, that Kirsty is warning them not to fuck with it. Yeah, she does. She knows that's where yeah, Julia was put. Is. Yeah, she knows that that's when what she, she came out of, and she's yelling at them to get rid of it, get rid of it, and everybody's like, whatever, crazy bitch. So nobody's believing her story either. She's try- She's like telling the detectives over and over again the same story, and they're like, this bitch is crazy. Mm-hmm. Until Dr. Chenard. Yep, this is when we're introduced to new characters. Yeah. Master and Surgeon Kyle. Master Surgeon Chenard. And uh, Kyle. And Kyle, the <laughs> assistant doc. Yeah. That's yeah. Kyle also might don't be one of my favorite the... characters. Oh. What's that? Uh, he's alright. He's alright. I was just gonna talk about uh puzzle mute. Oh yeah, and Tiffany. Well, they don't oh, know right. if that's her actual right. name. Tiffany. They're like, we just call her Tiffany. She was interesting. That was that was a weird subplot. She doesn't speak. Mm-hmm. And she's also yeah, in the psych she, ward she, and she, but and she's so good at puzzles, mm-hmm. but she, you thing. only see her doing like the easiest puzzles in the world. Like, yeah, yeah. If she's like, really hey, only doing puzzles, she would be pretty fucking bored of whatever twenty-piece jigsaw puzzles. Well, I mean, puzzles it's not the best funding by the nineteen eighties to you know <laughs> they mental just health. Have like boxes of twenty-piece jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> yeah. in the walls. like of course she's doing a ton of them. She's like she's stuck here and <laughs> nothing to do. Finishes them in five minutes. They don't have cable. So. So, besides the cast of the first film, we got Master Surgeon Chenard. We've got... He's a brain surgeon. Baby a Surgeon Kyle. Neurologist type guy. And we've guy. got Puzzle Mute Tiff. Puzzle Mute Tiff, yeah. Um, so, um, Dr. Chenard, though, he he's nicer to her. He at least acts like he believes her. Mm-hmm. And then when he walks out, he's talking to Kyle, and he's like... She's a fascinating specimen with her her trauma. She has uh, created this nightmare scene of ghouls and goblins. And then Kyle's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, I totally agree. I totally get it, too. I'm um, Kyle. So, yeah, that's Kyle. Um, <laughs> Very I'm Kyle statements throughout. Oh, and yeah. then... He really does, though. We wrote one or, one or two of them down. Um, so, this is when we see some paranormal shit happen oh, yeah. in that room. Which is honestly pretty creepy. Uh, Kirsty sees on the wall of the room she's in, fucking in what looks to be blood. I am in hell. Help me. That's creepy. Yeah. And, and then, so what does she do when she sees this fucking well, blood statement oh, on the wall? She gets up and she's like, "Hey, what's this about? Let's go. Let's go check this out." <laughs> and then uh, she fucking licks it. I don't know. I wrote this down. To make sure. I, I thought that was yeah. really weird that this is what you do is you fucking eat the. Well, you skipped also the man that's writing wall. it that's under it and he's covered in blood. Oh, that's right. It was really scary. Yeah. Yeah. She's there's I it doesn't just appear there. She sees like a skinless man. Yeah. Like uh, she presumes to be her father. Yeah. Uh-huh, she thinks right. it's her daddy. Mm hmm. Um, so that's, that's pretty creepy. That's kind of setting up this whole movie. Um, um, the next thing that I wrote down was definitely like Dr. Chenard going to the lower level of the psych ward. Oh, which is like classic, like crazy insane asylum. 
Yeah, and it's like honestly kind of disturbing and like you just it's like definitely like the padded cells opening the tiny little box looking in and just seeing like these people just like freaking out for various things. There's like people that are just screaming, there's people that are whatever and then he gets to like somebody that's like saying get him off me and he he's like uh all straight jacked up and he's looking like He's just not. They're not. Yeah, it's like it's a sub sub basement. There's like leaking pipes and steam. This did bring me to the other thing that I researched a bit, which was so like in the setting, you know, it's like it's a psych ward and it's crazy and it's creepy. And then the sub sub basement, there's even crazier people. Of course. And it's the chamber of horrors and stuff. And it's so scary. Mm. And it gave me a thought, though, that like. This is why therapy wasn't okay in the 80s. And so oh. I did do a little bit because, like, it was just definitely a thing. There's more of a stigma. And I feel like that was also more of a trope. It was a trope for a long time in, like, insane movies asylums. about, like, insane asylums and the crazy insane asylums. Like, don't go to therapy because you might end up in a loony bin. Yeah. And, like, don't yeah, let people know that you're bin. crazy because bad things will happen. So I don't know if, like, I'm, you guys are cool if me with me getting into this now, but I did a little bit of research about, like, mental health in the 80s, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Okay, I feel like we could... Yeah, no, I think I think this guys... is a welcome interjection. Go okay. for it. What you got? Cool. So, I didn't do a ton of, ton of research. I've read about this before, because it's just something I was curious about, but a little bit that I wanted to get into is, like, so, uh, first of all, like, uh, institutions like that were more common, a long time ago they also i think like they started coming up because they needed a way to treat uh prisoners that were crazy and so they started making insane asylums instead of just like throwing everybody in jail and they were also like getting really messed up in the prisons but around the 50s and 60s is when deinstitutionalization started happening and there's a couple reasons for that one is it seems like maybe there was good intentions. They were talking about like mistreatment of people in those institutions and it was just like kind of common to like dump off your relatives that you don't want to deal with anymore. So they talked about the idea was to do um, more community-based care and like so like just going to like a center and but then also mm-hmm. um, this is around the time in the 50s in 1954 is like when they really started like making uh, psychiatric drugs. So before that, according to what I was reading, like, so like psychiatric drugs weren't a thing for a very long time. So according to this thing I was reading, the most, most common treatments were electroshock therapy, insulin coma therapy, and lobotomies. (laughs) Insulin coma. I've never heard of that. So if like, these are the common treatments, like, yeah, psych wards are scary. You will either get shocked coma therapy or a lobotomy does that just mean they like give you diabetes and you fall asleep well, it's just forever like, they, they, it can just like if you have like too much insulin in your body it will put you into a coma so i think it's just like they that can't like they can't get problem. people to calm down so they just inject them with insulin so they like pass out for a long time <laughs> so that kind of makes sense a little bit then but yeah so it's in 1954 i can't remember which one but it's like a calm you down drug to like get people to shut up but by the time it was the 80s we weren't lobotomizing so, so then the thing was so around the 80s so like when they wanted this community-based care there was like funding put towards this but mm-hmm. as the decades went on there was less uh of the budget that was being like given to mental health big part of this was ronald reagan became, you know, was it president in 81. So also before him, Jimmy Carter, he, what is it called? The 
Oh, Jimmy Carter. Yeah, Jimmy Carter passed the Mental Health Care Systems Act, which was going to, like, start putting funding back into, like, you know, community-based care, getting people mental health. But then Reagan steps in, and he's like, uh-uh, bitch! And he's, like, cuts all social programs. He makes these other dumb shit things that don't actually work or help anybody. Cuts the funding by 30% right away. What a dick. So, I think that's a big part, though, too, about the stigmatization of mental health care. Because, like, you have, like, this guy coming in, bringing up the 80s of being like, no, fuck that. We don't help crazy people. And they're just crazy. Also, I found out, according to a thing on the internet, that uh, electroshock therapy was having a revival in the 80s. Weird. So, again, really? getting, like going the to therapy oils. is creepy. It's scary. They're going to shock you. Yeah. They're going to fuck you so up. So this might have even been, like, intentionally way scarier at the time. Mm -hmm. I think that's just why you see it a lot more, like, in movies, like, in the 80s, like, of therapy and, like, mental hospitals being portrayed in this very scary way, because it was, like, extra stigmatized then, and there was that. So, let's let's get back into yeah, it. Yeah, sorry let's... for the, that sidebar, but I thought it was kind of interesting. No, I think it was valid, and also some good backstory. So... Um, the next, I think it's important to note, mainly because I think it was absolutely hilarious, is, um, Dr. Chouinard goes in his office... And he picks up the phone. Oh. <laughs> and he talks to some people and he says, Oh, yeah. Yes, drop the mattress <laughs> off at my house. And then Kyle comes by and he's like, Oh, what's going on in here? And he sticks his little ear in <laughs> through the crack door. Kyle's little ears. Where you can still see him on the phone. It's just. And then he says, Yeah, no, no, not at the hospital, at my house. <laughs> yes. yes, my. He might as well house. have winked at the camera yeah. right there. <laughs> Such yeah, no, dude. It was just like the most ridiculous <laughs> scene. So like, did everybody catch that? that? Kyle, you write this down. <laughs> I'm doing something <laughs> bad, Kyle. Oh, and boy. then Kyle takes out a notepad and he let he just puts question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> oh, I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if you're joking or not. I <laughs> oh, I could believe no. that that happened. I was like, I don't remember that. <laughs> I would have wrote that down, but fucking Kyle. It was. I don't know how so he graduated doctor school. Uh, and then we go into some more recap. So now, and, uh, oh, yeah. Recap number two happens now. Uh, and what are they doing? Is it a puzzle box? I just babies wrote... crying. Wait, what? There's lots of babies crying over the top of it. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. That sounds familiar. Yeah. I just wrote so many flashbacks. And then I drew a picture. Anyway, it leads to the Kyle B&E. Yeah, Kyle easily breaks into the doctor's house as a you know young inspiring, like, like he he's trying to go up in the world breaking into your boss's house is not it well he knows that she, he's getting the bloody mattress at his house not the hospital yeah it's weird yeah. but I, I don't know if that was the best professional move well kyle is very inappropriate yeah no he is we'll get into yeah. that more um kyle's a dirty son of a gun but and this was honestly my probably favorite scene of the entire film the whole b and e scene was just like, oh yeah so ooh. he breaks uh, in gets, turns out chenard has like a like he a, has a museum of oddities fetish yeah, yeah, he's got he has a, so many puzzle box prototypes yeah mm -hmm. just full uh, schematics all sorts of stuff yeah. He's got a lot of occult things all Babies over Babies in place. jars, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of just, like, witchy symbols written around the room. And in the middle of the room is the bloody mattress. Mm -hmm. And then Kyle hears the doctor coming, and he hides behind a curtain. Classic hijinks. Yeah. 
That's like a Disney movie. <laughs> and he's so clearly visible. Yeah, like, it probably is. His Chuck Taylors are visible <laughs> under the thing, <laughs> under the curtain. Kyle, you goddamn goober. <laughs> <laughs> so then, who wants to tell what happens next? Oh man! Oh, this is oh god! I want to tell it because okay. it's my favorite. Take it, it away, so, stepmom. It's so gross. It's the worst. Um, so Doctor Shenard comes in. And remember, you may remember just from a few minutes ago me discussing this uh, man that was saying, get him off me. And uh, he brings him in, and he's in a straitjacket or something or other. I can't yeah. remember his exact getup, but he's he's looking like in prison garb, like he just pulled him out, like yanked him out and said, hey, buddy, let's go. Pulls him out, and he's like, hey, check out this mattress. And he <laughs> throws him down on it, and he's sitting down, and then he's like, hey, buddy. You you want him off of you? Here, let me take here, let me take your coat off. Let me take your coat. He puts it up on a nice coat rack. And then he says, Hey, you you do you need a knife? Do you need a razor blade? You look like you need a shave. Throws him this razor blade. Then we get some fucking gross POV uh, shots of this oh, guy uh, looking at his chest and arms, and it's just fucking maggots. Maggots, nice. as far as the eyes can see. Not really. It's just like on his skin. But they're all over the place. Yeah, dude, this he's was still disturbing. Screaming. Like we we get the POV shot of somebody that's suffering from delusions, and it is gross. And he takes this razor blade, and we just get to see him like uh, scrape into uh, them, and it is just so. It's so graphic. Like, it's yeah. gross. Like, it's, it's it, it goes on for a while. A long He's just time. screaming yeah, no. and blood's yeah. going everywhere. Yeah, and it keeps, and it, and it shoots back and forth between the POV shots and, like, just, like, third-person shots of, like, looking down at him just, like, as a normal person, like, yeah. cutting into himself. Just cut, and it's, tearing his it's, skin off. It's kind of hard to watch. Like, it's yeah. not super pleasant. Oh, we definitely had a physical reaction. I was cringing. I was hiding no. under my blanket. I was so upset. Yeah, I was definitely like feeling gross. But at this point, we understand what's happening. We know mm-hmm. what's happening. We, we know, know yeah, Hellraiser logic from the first he, film. Yeah, we. Yeah, yeah, it totally makes sense. Doctor Chenard somehow wants to view whatever's in the mattress, so he's sacrificing this person. So this person's slicing and dicing, ninja turtling their entire body, and then <laughs> sploosh. Boom. Out comes your stepmom, Julia. Julia! Julia Julia! Doesn't she like stick her hand out of the mattress? Yeah, yeah, you just see these hands just like jut out, and she just she just is in it to win it. She grabs this guy, he tries to get away. He's going towards Kyle. Kyle, you forgot about Kyle. Kyle's yeah. still there. He's Kyle's just watching there. this silently, just like with his just Chuck Taylor standing out, going pants. <laughs> oh, fucking golly! Just like having a oh, good my. old time watching it. Oh, well, gosh, Mickey. <laughs> so he's just sitting there, just like having a his giant goofy shoes are sticking out. Now <laughs> they're getting bigger and bigger in my head. <laughs> He's got clown shoes now. <laughs> He's got clown shoes. People keep tripping over him. It's a big inconvenience. But the doctor hasn't noticed. Uh, no, no one's noticed. Not even Kyle. Uh, but, you know, the, the the patients, he's scrambling. He's getting close to the curtains. Kyle starts freaking out. 
But Julius snags him Ugh. and sucks him and uh. sucks him and sucks him until he, there's nothing left. And Julia, she's back, baby. She's back. She's, I Come wrote down slippery crawl. She's just covered in and blood, blood, slippery crawling we, for so long. Yeah, we didn't mention she's skinless. She's skinless. And they did oh, a yeah, phenomenal yeah, I I job should, yeah. of her makeup. Dude, her boobs look crazy. She had sweet gore boobs. Gore boobs. <laughs> I like drew a picture of too much like a, I thought it looked too much like a zippy, like, skin-tight spandex suit. I mean, In it comparison. Was. But it was still good. It's still yeah. good. It still looks she, nice. But it, The back was really cool. It had all that, like, the spinal column Yeah, they showed stuff. that off for a while. They did a long shot showing off all the work they did on her back. Oh, yeah. That was definitely on purpose. Like, I also, see, take this in. This was half the budget. I also had the thought, like, I wonder how much of the budget <laughs> went to lube to just, like, make her look wet all the oh, time. Yeah, oh, yeah. She was Everything goopy. was just covered. Covered in lube. She's just... So then the doctor is like, oh, my, my, my. And I, he has to be turned on. Yeah. Oh. It, 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 it has to be uh, It's a sex thing. Oh, uh, so, yeah, that comes up. So she's, like, you know, she's all bloody and gross and then being like sexy ish towards him and he's into it and then she says very demurely i'm cold because i got no skin um so and he's like you want some band-aids <laughs> yeah so he there's a long uh scene where he is like sensually intimately wrapping her Rapping whole body her. in bandages i think except for her mouth her eyes and her puss. Yeah, it's like a gimp suit. <laughs> it's oh, so man. fucking <laughs> gross. They make out. Uh, don't they like dance or something? He's just. I don't. After he slowly wraps her up, mummy style, they make out, and she gets her blood all over him. I think he reaches for her blood puss. Yeah. Um, oh, there's like a nasty shot of like under butt or something. Yeah. There's some bits. Yeah. Like showing all the blood down there. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, so gross. I hate me, him. For the records, I was not into it. Oh. I did not think this was sexy. <laughs> you didn't. Uh, so then we cut to, uh, so uh, Kyle, he frantically runs out and goes back to Kirstie. Like, you know, he was one of the people that thought she was lying. You're right. Or, you're right. Yeah. He's like, it's so, so she's like trying to leave. And she wants to, like, I don't know, save her dad. This is where the plot mm -hmm. goes away. Good. And he says, it's Thank all God. true. I got to get you out of here. I can get your clothes. I'm a doctor. I can do that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Kyle. <laughs> so she... I'm, glad, I'm glad you can get clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that Kyle's a doctor. I don't think he is either. I think, I think... Kyle is a clown. Professional <laughs> just... clown. And he... He just a Patch went, Adams, perhaps? He went into the wrong building and just went with it, <laughs> and no one else realized. They just thought he was the new guy. So and here he is. Kyle and Kirstie are on the way over, and I don't know why, again, I know we know why Kyle knows to go there, but how Kirstie intuitively do this. I guess maybe she's also a natural witch. We'll go with that. Um, so <laughs> they go into the house, and Kyle meets Julia. Yeah. He meets Come Julia. Kyle. Kyle new, meets Julia. This is a new sweet summer child. So Julia is just like, I don't know. She tricks him. She's just like, oh, yes, it's 
I don't um, know how. Like, I think really, she's... I'd be like, you look like hell, and I need to get the fuck away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, she has skin now. Somehow he's... Oh. She has skin now when she meets Kyle. Yeah, but she still is in the butcher room, right? No, so she meets him in the hallway right outside the butcher room, and then he's like, Dr. Chenard. She's like, oh, I don't know. I'm scared of him, too. And then, oh, yeah. and she's like, uh, go in there. Maybe he's in there. <laughs> and then he's like, okay. I can do that. I'm a doctor. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. So he plops his stupid shoes in into the butcher room. And then Julia says, come to mother and sucks the life out of his neck too. Oh yeah. He gets Damn. sucked. Kyle gets Kyle sucked dry. gone too soon. Gone and not forgotten. And then Julia has a great line to uh, Kirsty, who's like, ah, Julia! And then she's just, and then she says, I'm not just the wicked stepmother. I'm the evil queen. And she oh. smacks her in the face. Oh, okay, so this is when she comes in. So then the doctor, he left a bit ago. He, heard, he banged Julia's bloody holes. And then he leaves. Stop. <laughs> and he goes against That's the bad. mute Tiffany to solve the puzzle box. He knows, he's been watching, he's probably why he kept her there. Oh, yeah. We, we do see that mm -hmm. later. She was very intentional. She was part of Dr. Chenard's plan the whole time. Uh, he sees her You might miss that because this movie has no plot or coherence, but that did, the, the, uh, they answer that question. So this puzzle box, is this when it transforms? Uh, that happens soon. So it, it transforms. No, this is when the puzzle girl opens it and the xenobites yes. come out, and mm -hmm. we find out that the female got a recast. Yeah. Yes! We got... The new lady. It new looks cast. like same and it's butterball. a bummer. I, don't same I think it's a bummer. I think. Um, yeah, I think we have the same butterball and we have the same uh, chatter. Chatterbox, like, obviously, I was a little different. So, well, I was gonna get to that oh, later. Really? In the middle of the movie, they change his costume. Oh. In the middle of it, because uh, he usually uh, doesn't have eyes; he's just teeth. But then, when we get to a scene later, he has eyes. eyes. Or like they changed it. Oh, there shit. was it was something that changed. It's like he had eyes and he didn't, or then he did. It was something happened in the middle of the fucking movie. They changed the way they did his makeup. Yeah, I don't. I I, I think that the the lady Cenobite is less cool than in the first one. Mm -hmm. And she, I, I agree. She talks and she's like Microsoft Sam. She's not spooky. No, I don't know. Why did they do that? It was so. It is off putting. Yeah. <sighs> I was oh. bummed. I was upset about it. Overall, Cenobites are always the highlights of these movies. It's like Nightmare Zone. True. Yeah, it's exciting. So then they enter the spooky carnival hell zone. There's yeah. an eyeball juggler, Which, a baby with its mouth sewn shut. I'd like to... We've got a personal connection to this. Uh, it was uh -huh. super MC Escher thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, one of our co-hosts, Sloan, hey. uh, worked very closely with MC Escher work for the last few months. And uh, we recognized, what, two two specific pieces of art? So, like, there's one. It's like a, this one, I think it's called Night and Day that they put in there. And then also you can see, I think they put it in there also because the hell zone that we're about to go into, the, like, the space of it was very much, you could tell, inspired by M.C. Escher artwork. Kind of reminds you mm. of, like, his play with, like, because M.C. Escher do a lot of stuff where, like, concave and convex or, uh -huh. like, space doesn't make sense. It's called impossible spaces. My instincts are telling me to so, say non-Euclidean right now. I don't know what that means, but it sounds very smart. Yeah. It's a non-Euclidean space. So, yeah, it's, like, you can tell that the labyrinth of the Leviathan Lord is definitely inspired by some M.C. Escher. Mm -hmm. And then the whole idea of the puzzle box, 
blah yeah. blah blah. So that it was a fun sense. touch. It's cool that they it was, they did that. It was that. fun. I thought that was a nice visual choice that they made. So like there's this so we see in the hellscape after we get past the carnival hell that there's like this area of like bridges and abysses and at the center there's this big diamond shaped thing and it's the leviathan. I guess. And then when they're in there the puzzle box turns morphs into the same shape. I've been called I wrote it like in my Like the Sims. It's the Sims shape. The Sims like over the head of the yes. person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's it's that. And then I refer to throughout my notes the little the box that turns into the sim shape as Lil Lev. Little Leviathan. Lil, Lil Lev. Lev. <laughs> so there's big okay. Leviathan Lil and Lil Lev. Um don't really get it significant. I think they're just going for like ancient evil, like yeah. a Leviathan, Cthulhu, whatever. Yeah. So then we find out that Julia has been is actually trying to get souls for the Leviathan, and she takes the doctor down to it and has him. Similar to uh, Brad Pins at the beginning of the movie, a human that becomes a Cenobite because it can feel his evil nature. Uh-huh. And he gets really gross. Yeah. He gets disgusting. Do we see his full form yet? Or um, no, I think it we, takes we, a little while. We're still at... Yeah, it takes too long, honestly. Uh, Kirsty, she ditches Tiffany to go find her dad. Because I guess she thinks her dad's in hell because that stuff. And then she walks into a room with some sexy, sexy stuff happening. There's They bring back the oh. uh, visual element of ladies under sheets. The sex mausoleum. Oh, which yeah. is which is something that I thought was a good move. The whole like church that she walked into where there's like sexy like sheet ladies, I think was like a good callback and also just kind of like thematically creepy. Like yeah. I was unsettled. It looked by really that. Like, cool. Was, yeah, so yeah. it's like a room full of like all these tons and tons of candles, and then there's these like stone beds i guess that come out of these cubby holes and they keep going in and out showing like ladies moaning and writhing around under sheets but they're totally covered and they go back in the hole and then they come out and uh, they go back in the hole and this is all just like washed in red light too yeah and yeah, then yeah. we oh it looks like a so tons of like candlelight like very like yeah. cathedrally i wish yeah. they had more of this and less of like the rest of the movie but yeah <laughs> so it turns out this is frank's personal hell she finds frank it frank's wasn't back, larry that gave her the message it was frank the whole time frank's the one that which wrote honestly i, I don't know how she believed how how did she even she was just assumed it was her dad yeah like why like, would your dads be so spooky with you yeah yeah like if anything it'd be like a help help uh it, but it's like <laughs> Let me write in the wall. Yeah. Look how bloody <laughs> like, I am. What the creepy. fuck? Like, the first time that happened, I was like, oh shit, it's like, even though I watched this before, I forgot about the scene, and I was like, oh shit, Frank. And then she's just like, oh, my dad, my And I was like, oh, what? I didn't even, I didn't get that. But yeah, yeah it's and Frank. Here's, he's back. Here's a hot take. I think I'd recognize my dad with no skin. <laughs> I don't know for you sure. Know. I hope I'd ever have to test this theory, but I yeah. feel you know like you could still tell Peter. your family member. I haven't seen a person shape. without skin, so I'm not sure. I, I don't know. know. Would you be able I to see Aaron... your dad versus your uncles? I bet they look pretty think... similar without skin. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Family, yeah, I feel yeah. like it's because Aaron just knows what his dad's penis looks like. <laughs> I assume you every dentist like man has the same penis. Everybody, everybody knows what their dad's wiener looks like, <laughs> but like scaled up by ten because you're a little kid when you see it. 
times ten. Yeah, it's like an elephant trunk. I okay. hope he never listens. I hope he never listens to this. Um. And then, so moving on. Uh, so Frank is like, uh, so Frank is like, this is my hell. They're here to tease me. Talking about the sheet ladies. Um, and then she gets all, she's all like, ooh, I'm scared. And then she's like, don't hurt me. I'll do anything. And she kisses him. And I'm like, ew, she's kissing yeah. Daddy Frank. This is so gross. But then she goes, I'd rather burn. And takes one of the sheets from the ladies and throws them on the candles. And then he tears his skin off for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's losing it here. I don't know why he's so upset. It's just his yeah. endless hell. They're going to just reset he's it. He's super naive and dumb. Yeah, like, they're just going to reset the room. Best case, his hell's gone. Yeah. That's not a bad thing for him. <laughs> yeah. But he's pretty pissed. He rips off all his skin. He rips his skin off because that's what you do when you're mad. Yeah. I, I do it. And then Julia comes. But then Ju- Julia. Julia comes in. And then I have a quote here. He says, Julia, I knew you'd come. Kiss me. You belong to me. And she, what does she do, Aaron? Pulls Frank's heart out. Nothing personal, babe. Maybe that's when she Rip said my, it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she definitely. Yeah, it's definitely a. Uh, yeah, it's a callback a, a to when he betrayed her in the first one. Mm-hmm. There's a couple times they do this. She she had a line uh, that Penny had on the first one. She said uh, earlier in the movie, she said, uh, "All the wonders I can show you." I wrote it down. I can't. Oh yeah, it. she says it to the doctor. There's moments of lucidity where they remember, like, oh, yeah, Hellraiser. We're we're doing callbacks. Yeah. And I think those are, like, the best parts of the movie when there are references to the first movie. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why I like the flashbacks, dude. I guess. But no, you can just, like, do it. Anyway. Let's talk about the goddamn nightmare that is the Dr. Cenobite. Dr. Cenobite, dude. (laughs) So it's pretty cool, too, though. It shows what the process is, again, of, like, what happened. So it looks like, also, and, like, I was reading about this, too. Like, this is, like, official lore. Um, Different in the books, though, which is something that's interesting, is that, like, their blood is pumped out of their body and replaced with blue goo. Cool. So it's, like, devil blue goo. And uh, what happens to him? Yeah, and then it goes into... So then there's this thing, this really gross part of the Doctor's transformation where this big, like, blender, you know, like those hand blenders? It's like that. Goes into the top of his head. Yeah. Blends him up. And then it's like this tentacle that, like, just carries him around hell. Oh, yeah. And he's just, like, dangling all over the place. He's kind of like a pinhead light, too. They give him a bit of grit on his face. Yes, he gets, like, just, I think, horizontal lines. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's basically, like, controlled by this tail thing. It's like a big tentacle thing that is in his brain. And speaking of tentacles, we have some beautiful stop-motion tentacles coming out of his fingertips. yeah. Oh, well, it's his fingertips, oh, yeah. So oh, my God. God. And they turn into all different kinds of tricks. Yeah, they're tricks. Yeah, they're like tentacles. Sometimes yeah. they're knives and blenders. Maybe and I think a, one time they're a eyeballs. Bit or some shit. They might be tongues. Um, so, yeah, he just like, he'll just like pop up and dangle and come oh. get you. And I wanted to mention that uh, his scream is kind of unique when he screams. Oh. It's not so normal people, they scream like, ah, it's, mm-hmm. ah. Uh-huh. He just kind of goes, ah. <laughs> and it's just this one I never, beam. I didn't notice that. Yeah, but. I wrote it down. Leviathan <laughs> scream is, ah. Oh, I was hoping you did dashes again for to remember. <laughs> 
I think like the girls, Tiffany and Kirsty and Julia are fighting over Lil Lev. And so then though, in the hallways, there's this mighty wind that like is trying to suck them in back to the center mm-hmm. of the labyrinth. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, Julia, cause she's got Gets brand new skin. Up. Oh, that was cool. Oh uh, yeah, she gets she gets there. They're doing this chain like uh, Kirsty's grabbing Tiffany, and Tiffany's like grab Julia, and then Tiffany grabs Julia, and she's holding on to her little hand, and she's 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 waving her. She's like trying to hang on. Everybody's going like horizontal because the wind's sucking them so hard, and then she just grab you just. It's just skin. She just holds on to the skin. Julia goes floating, flying back uh-huh. into the fucking wind. And she just has a a bucket of skin, like a five-pound bucket of skin worth of person. And there's some good shots of just, like, this glop of, like, gloop. It was a really satisfying moment. Yeah. And it was gross. No, it feels good. She, a full-body degloving. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, she just floops out. You know, it's, yeah. She fully uh, floops yeah. and then her Ooh. skinless body gets sucked up to, I don't know, I guess into hell or something. I guess they're always in hell, but yeah. And yeah, then. Could, yeah, I don't know where exactly she goes, but she's she's gone. She's, she's in there. And so then I think again, they keep dropping the thing that they need, but then they get. Uh, so then. Uh, Kirsty the and Tiffany go into the classic chain torture room where there's like chains hanging everywhere and I think like maybe the big piece of wood with like bodies attached to yeah, it's in like there. The totem pole of and that. our classic Xenobites are in there. There's a thing that we skipped over. When they were in before Dr. Xenobite became a Xenobite and remember when there was the first break into his house, Kirsty found mm. a picture of a man that looked very familiar. It was Pinhead mm-hmm. before he turned into oh, Pinhead. Somehow she Oh, yeah, and she aggressively folded it in the middle and put it in her pocket. Yeah. Like this very That important. is a historical relic. Yeah. And she just mashes it. <laughs> no respect. Uh, so she, God, she just so aggressively folds it in the middle. But then she gets it out and she shows it to Pinhead. And she's like, remember, remember, you weren't always a Cenobite. You, you were all no. human. And then he's oh, like, <laughs> I remember. Yeah. <laughs> and then Pinhead turns into a person and he's like, fuck you, Dr. Cenobite. And then Dr. Cenobite's like, fuck you. And he slices his neck open. Yeah. Oh, so Pinhead gets his neck. Pinhead turns into a person first before he dies. I think. Yeah. There's so many twists here. Oh, boy. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> There's and then there's another one, twist there's coming up. There's still one up. twist left. I guess Julie's back. She's got her skin back. We don't know how mm-hmm. she got mm-hmm. it. Somehow she's back. And she's kissing all up on the evil doctor. And he's uh, like, yeah, she's, she's like, she's, I'll help you get those nasty girls. So then Tiffany is trying to solve the Leviathan box to get it from Lil Lev back to the puzzle box to then close the puzzle box and close the gate to hell. Yeah, simple as that. So that's what's happening. And then Julia's like, I'm going to get you. And the doctor's like, I'm going to get you. And, oh, that's right. This didn't make sense. The doctor is trying to get Tiffany. He somehow gets himself stuck. And then his tentacle pulls his head off. 
Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, didn't make sense. He just sense. kind of gets his head pulled off. Like he like got himself. He got him <laughs> his skin. Stuck. Was it just the the evil wind? I think sucks him out. It yeah. was his tentacle or something. Like his tentacle wanted to go, but he got himself stuck with one of his finger spears. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, think. I guess so. <laughs> and then, and then Julia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiffany's about to fall into the labyrinth and Julia's like reaches out her hand again and we're like uh oh we've seen this before but then the skin starts coming off again oh yeah guess Why is what that slow? happened that's because it was actually Kirsty. she put on Julia's skin tricked the doctor into kissing her and stabbing himself with a finger spear and gets Tiffany out so she can solve the puzzle box. That's a classic and wear your shot. stepmom's skin yeah. plot. Classic yeah, twist. Just very, like a, like a yeah. Disney movie. Yeah. That's okay. about it. Yeah. And that, uh, you what's know, your and pleasure, ends. sir? Ends with what's oh, your pleasure, mm-hmm. sir? And then the cycle continues, and, I assume. And if you think that sounded like a mess, it's because it was. The second yeah. half of that movie is a dumpster fire. There's cool like, moments, but Jesus Christ, it stops making any sense. The, the plot is so loose and everything is so... Yeah. God, it's, it's, it's a... I was just going to say, I think I wrote down a couple quotes from Roger Ebert's review of this film, and I think he puts it pretty well. <laughs> Um, t- he gave it half of a star out of five or ten. Oh. I think five, okay. one half. Hell I think yeah. that's as low as he's allowed to go. And uh, I didn't write down everything that was savage as fuck, but the two things I think sum up the film pretty well. He said it's like some kind of avant-garde fil- guard film strip in which there is no beginning, no middle, no end, but simply a series of gruesome images that can be watched in any order. And then he That's says, fair. this movie has no plot in a conventional sense. In a conventional sense. What a kind way of putting that. <laughs> He's very that. sassy sometimes. Yeah. I think, you know, he, I think it's better than that, but also not much. I do. I do still, I guess, if recommend it. If you like the first one, there's elements of that in this one. In yeah, a sense, you yeah, get definitely more watch the second. you know? Like, do... Keep going. Watch this I, one. Yeah, no, I think I think it's still enjoyable. Um, you just have to know that it is not the first, but it also is. It's enough. It's enough of the first that if you like the first one, mm-hmm. the second one should be like watched. I feel like it's a sequel. It's um, very gruesome. Yes, it's, it's a, a sequel. It is. It's a sequel. I. That's that's what can be gained from this. Is it is indeed a sequel. Big time. Um, do we want to? I remember after the first one, after we were when we, last episode we were doing the first one, and you said, "I remember that I actually like enjoyed these movies," and I yeah. feel like watching this one, I remembered they get worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, this was the one because that I, I remembered I was... was like decent and. Yeah, no, I remembered like liking the first one after the fir- after doing the- watching the second one or the first one. The oh, god, first one the second time, I was like, oh yeah, these movies are enjoyable. But when I was watching this one, I was like, we are in what? for it, and what? I'm already starting <laughs> to like lose it. We like, can't stop now. I'm already trying to dissect the plot, and I was like, yikes, this is going to be sort of a lot to watch. Uh-huh. Yeah, the first yeah. half is the first half is I think. 
better than the first one, maybe. Or at least, at least as on good, par. At the very yeah. least. Yeah. Um, I think the gruesome, like, mattress scene is better than anything in that's the an, first one. That's if, an insane or at scene. Least, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's... They're at least on par. It's on par with the scene where Frank becomes a person. Uh-huh. Or gets, like, turned... Yeah. He comes out of the, like, the... It's on par with that. It's yeah. so gruesome. It's so fucking, like, cool and original and disgusting. Very, very cool. And then it becomes but, like, what it is. the second half, the whole... As soon as they open up... As soon as the puzzle box turns into The Sims... Yeah. We're, yeah. In for Clive like a Barker's fucking, like doing whippets or something. It, just... And I was into the whole like new Cenobite thing, but like he kills them. Like what? Why? Yeah. They were cool, and they didn't do they anything get yet. To shine. Why didn't we? I yeah, and I th- I guess what they were trying to go for is like he wants to be the king of hell now, but like it didn't. Make he dies sense. too. Like, yeah. Like who is the king of hell now? Like the the pinhead that's on the brick like eh like i guess as long it, as it's, it's not julia it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah no like honestly i kind of prefer julia because like we at least have experience with her being like this conniving monster like give her that instead of like a brick of pinhead that doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah like, fair yeah. she's she evil is, enough she is she's, fun she's to dislike a, she's a character like yeah yeah no yeah she's a good character and mm-hmm. That's that's why I was kind of like saying like the scrapped plot idea with um with uh the dad, you know, that could have been cool because like we have some rapport with him and like he's actually shown to be like he actually matters. Mhm. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there could have been something there. At least maybe mm. more than the second half of the film where it's just like garbo It's just the second half of the movie. I wonder mess. It truly some, is just the like half. YouTube nerd could recut this movie. Oh. Make it like 40 minutes long and make it make sense. Maybe. Yeah. Possibly. I would be about it. Let's talk Let's tracks talk on slasher Let's tracks. Let me find my notes here. Um, so yeah. Let's hit these notes. As uh, you know from the first film, Christopher Young did this, uh, did the music, and he is just a film composer. And uh, he's got a pretty solid uh lineup of movies that he's done through the years uh including hellraiser species the grudge exorcism of emily rose drag me to hell sinister the newest pet cemetery 2019 mm-hmm. which was yeah. i thought really cool he's he's done some things mm-hmm. like spider-man 3 spider-man 3 and ghost rider ghost rider dude yeah. um but... he's, he's he's put in his time as uh as a film composer. Oh, he's, for sure. He's gotten his creds. Big time cred. So he was originally a jazz drummer. Mm. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. And, and he went from that to his first movie that he did this the soundtrack to. He was 24 years old. Wow. Uh, it was called <laughs> The Dorm That Dripped Blood. Oh, I'm less impressed. <laughs> um, alternate title for that film was called Pranks. <laughs> okay. uh, another alternative title was Death Dorm. Okay. Uh, it is zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, impressive! So I it's impressive to have a zero. Yeah, I kind of want to watch yeah. it. 
so this movie he did uh this was his 15th movie already oh, wow. by the time he was 29 jesus yeah dude successful he guy. is cranking he out, him like, out crazy um and then one other thing that i wanted to bring up some personal connection to me that i was surprised to find out so I went on his website. Uh, it's a nice Squarespace website. Oh, nice. Um, Nicer than Clive yeah. Barker's then. Yeah, I'm sure. And um, one, so he features a few tracks that he's been working on, okay. uh, including Birth of Sandman from Spider-Man 3, uh, Sun Wukong from The Monkey King 2014. We have Monkey King! Uh-huh. And, but one that I was really surprised to see, uh, he did the soundtrack for the 2017 Oculus Rift VR game Wilson's Heart. Oh no way! It's That's uh, fucking bizarre. A black and white, trippy Leviathan or Lovecraft horror game. Oh. So it kind of makes sense yeah, with his pedigree here. Yeah, a horror game. Yeah. And uh, I've played most of that game. It's awesome, and I didn't know that that was uh, the boy on the keys for Pinhead. That's cool too. He's like, uh, I think. You know, there's a, there's a mix of the people involved in these films on uh, if they're still active or if they went anywhere after. So it's cool though that he's oh, like a full on. He is he's super real dude. like no, successful yeah, to yeah, this no, day. He's been doing stuff for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just he's, yeah can't stop. He's uh, got in August 2020. His next movie comes out, Empty Man. It's based on a graphic novel. Cool. Uh, and. Uh, I think that's about all I got on him. Do you guys have okay. any fun facts about Christopher Young? Uh, I didn't really find too many like fun facts about the guy. He seems, he seems like a, a guy. He seems like yeah. he does his things. So working do we, man. Um, do we want to talk like, I don't know? Do you have? Were we left with any memory of the music in this movie? We talked about see, it being okay, big that, and orchestral, kind of maybe a bigger sound than the first one. I think it was a bigger sound than the first one. Like maybe he had. I feel like maybe he used more tracks that. I, I feel like he was scraping the bottom of the barrel for the first one, especially in comparison to Coil, because Coil was so fucking good. Mm-hmm. At least the their soundtrack was so fucking mm-hmm. good, or what was supposed to be the soundtrack was so mm-hmm. fucking good. That I wonder if they rushed I feel like him on maybe the first this one. was like a. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, is that maybe it was like a kind of like a rush deal. It's like, hey, uh, who can we get? Uh, maybe this yeah, like Chris, 20, Chris Young, he's done 15 fucking movies old. already. Well, at that point, he probably had only done a few less. Because like that, well, I guess it was only a year ago. So like a, maybe like one or two less. But still, like maybe we'll get this guy to do it. And he's like, yeah, I got some things and threw them that way. And that was it. But this, it seemed bigger... Would I say better? Yeah, I think it's a think little so. bit better. I think there were more times when it was more tense. He was able to spread his wings but, a little more. It made the scenes feel a little more big and epic. Like the in the the whole Leviathan maze zone. Yeah. I don't know. But it at was, the same time... It worked. It wasn't distracting. The only thing that I remember that was stupid was the fun recap romp, recap <laughs> romp that sounded like... Yeah. Boop, 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 um according to my notes at least but at the same time like it sounds like we're kind of being positive but let's 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 take it back a notch this is this movie got like a 56 on rotten tomatoes (laughs) um it did 
everything was forgettable. There was no cool theme. Like, it wasn't like Halloween where they have, like, a really good iconic theme. They just kind of kept it at, like, hey, let's just make some, like, generic, like, soundscapes and things and leave it at that. That's a good they point. They never you really, know they the, still haven't. Like, Halloween, that's got, like, that classic, um... Maybe at this uh, part in the podcast you inserted in post? Maybe. We'll listen to it yeah, right here. The, Boop. You know the... Uh, like, I could, I could sing the... the the theme of gremlins right now like there's there's the, themes yeah, there's that just you like remember after the you. movie and this one did not have any of that i would like to mention actually this is another thing that maybe clive barker tries to fix in the book that he wrote in 2015 does the book have a better soundtrack so almost so it's actually <laughs> a thing pages it is a <laughs> so it actually it's is like a, a thing flip though flip. like by having Somehow. a a theme sort of uh, it is a thing that happens in the book when anytime Pinhead slash the Hell Priest, like whenever Hell is opening, uh, like he does, like really love to describe that blue light. That's you know whenever the Hell is opening that mm-hmm. comes through yeah. in the room. Oh yeah, but he then it's also in, books. in the book. It's accompanied by like a church bell when Hell Priest is hmm. slash. Pinhead See, that would have been a, such a cool. Yeah, that would have been a cool thing to add. Yeah, I feel like that would have been so like welcome. Is have like some more like. Some more theme. Like, we need more theme. It's especially this film where it kind of like started to feel like it fell apart. Like, it would have been so nice to have some more like themes that made it feel like it was connected. Yeah, it would be nice. How the fuck does Pinhead come back in a pillar? The the what? He died and he just comes back in the pillar. Like, what the fuck is that? Uh, Who knows? He was in the room with the pillar when he died. I don't want to spoil anything yet, but. I don't even remember what. I liked a lot of three. I think I remember yeah, what happens. See, I feel like also with this one, we learn to have more fun and take it a little less seriously. Uh-huh. First. I think that's an important thing to note is that the first one, there's not really any funny parts. I mean, other than like making fun of like the dad or saying goofy ass shit, which I guess is humor, but there aren't any things that like feel really like they're supposed to be funny and i feel like in this one yeah i get maybe it's not supposed to be funny i, I don't, don't think like it's supposed to be <laughs> it was, but it, was it is getting you ready for the shit show that is the rest of the movies yeah yeah no i'm definitely feeling <sighs> i'm feeling i was gonna say i'm feeling prepared but like i i no. don't know if i, I am. think all our Just memories of on... this are gonna be better than the real thing when we watch it yeah <laughs> I mean, the memories of this one were better than... I'm just so glad the first one held up. I still really, yeah. really love that movie. Um, yeah, no, I think I, I I have a Letterboxd account now. So I rate movies now after I watch them. Oh. And I gave it, I think, a 4. 4 or 3.5. Okay. And I'm trying to be hypercritical of things. So, like, like I'm trying to make it so it's an even spread of, like, 1s to 5s. Mm-hmm. So, like, 4 is, like, really good. Right. Like, I'd say, like, an average movie is 2.5-ish. Mm-hmm. So, what so, do you give this one? Uh, holy shit. I, I don't... I did not... I have not rated it yet. Um, Oh, fuck. It's definitely not a 3.5. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't know, like maybe like a uh, 2.5. I mean, that that's spitballing, spitballing here. This wow. movie is um, also like two it, movies. It's the first half and then the second yeah. half. 
the first half I would put on par with whatever I rated the first one. Yeah. I can't remember exactly how it falls, but uh, I, I would put the... it on par with that. And then I, the second part is just like... I feel like it's worse than the sequels, the second half, Possibly. because it's just like boring and it doesn't matter. It is, matter. it is like, boring, and I get matters. sleepy. I get sleepy at that part. Yeah, we're watching them late at night to enhance the spookiness factor. But it's just gray, and it, it no, doesn't make no sense. No, it's the sleepiness factor. That's when you fall asleep. Doctor like, Cito, honestly, Doctor Cito bite does like wake you up a little bit. I love watching him dangle. It's like it's worth mm. it to watch the dangle. It's there's but, some spectacular moments. Like it's. Utterly ridiculous. And yeah, a, a ten-minute like highlight reel would be fantastic. Um, yeah, but yeah. they just try to do whole... way too much. Yeah, it's too much. <sighs> they well, tried to do too much, and also like if they did cut it, it would make even less sense. I yeah. So I don't know what they could have done to like make this better. There was like, a generous it, they... critique <sighs> of this movie that it was like Clive Barker's ideas are too big. To fit into hmm. the one movie. Well, that's a nice spin. That's a nice way to say it. Because it is that like is maybe very polite. trying to like get into his hell lore, but it just didn't make any sense. Hmm. Well, uh, any closing thoughts? This one's uh, even longer than our first episode. Oh. Uh, I, I hope There's we're not to just pack trying all the fun. our <laughs> listeners' patience here. Uh, so it's just going to go downhill from here in a way, but maybe it'll be more fun uh, to roast these movies. I think the frustrations are worth it. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I will be. Hopefully, it'll be a pleasant experience to uh, vent our frustrations of yeah. future movies because um, I didn't. I didn't do that. I just watched them like mostly back to back and like the series of like one month. So. It it just feels like good to hate. It feels good to hate together. Yeah. Um, it does. It does. I'm looking it feels forward good to, to talk about the garbage. in a masochistic way, uh, yeah. which maybe is the, the theme, is of, in theme of these movies anyway. We're ready to get I tortured by agree. Pinhead. Yeah. Torture me, daddy. <laughs> so, um, so that was Hellraiser 2, Hellbound. It's Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, Whatever. Actually. Uh, <laughs> soundtrack by Christopher Young. Uh, very young, at age 29. Um, Killing it. Sort of. Eh, and we'll, okay. we'll be coming back uh, shortly f for the next fucking movie in the series and Hellraiser, Hellraiser 3. Hellraiser 3. Which is called Ice Hell? Hell Blaster? Hell he Machine? Do ice, maybe. No, it doesn't. Mega no. awesome. Uh, hold, wait, hold on. Just one split second. We'll pull this up. It is called. Uh, shit, never mind. Where are you? Where are you? <laughs> it is called. Oh, is it really called Hell on Earth? Yes, it is. There Hell is it three is. Hell on Earth. Okay. As if the well. past one hasn't been. I was gonna say the past. It feels like that was like two movies that we that we just watched. Yeah. So, yikes. Oof. We're that we're was, in for it. That was exhausting. Uh, thanks if you've made it this far. Appreciate it uh, for sticking around, especially if I don't edit anything out. Um, <laughs> and so that was Slasher Tracks, and uh, so do I'm your co-host Aaron. I'm your co-host Sloan, and I'm your stepmom. And we'll see you next time, pinheads. Hell on earth. <laughs>